Okay, Coconut, so I'm quite sure you spend time to listen to a personal finance podcast to be wealthy. <laughs> You're thinking, how can I be wealthy? And that, that's why you listen to a personal finance podcast. And for a lot of you that are listening in, based on the ra- random surveys that we do with you guys on our Telegram group, we know that a lot of you have some sort of wealth or some sort of money sitting around. That is why you listen to a personal finance podcast, right? Before I started doing this thing, I, I always wondered like, oh yeah, maybe I should speak to the person there. You know, just trying to start up and, and all that, right? <laughs> Clearly, there's a bunch of people tuning in like that. But there's also a big bunch of you that tune in week in, week out, right? And the whole idea is to, what is the next opportunity? How do I become wealthy? And so today, right, I'm just going to once and for all put it out there. What is the fundamental formula to accumulating wealth? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. My name is Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. And today we are going to put it once and for all, once and for all, this debate on the internet. Now, how to become wealthy? How to become wealthy? Okay, the parameters of the game are pretty clear at this point in time, okay? And uh, whatever people are telling you what to do are all just nooks and crannies within this broader framework. Also, to be very, very clear, I don't think I'm the most wealthy person around. And, you know, I am definitely, I'm very sure in our network there are wealthier people, right? Just talk to Anthony, talk to Jeff, talk to Rakesh. You know, a lot of these other personalities and people that come on our show, they, they are way wealthier. You should totally listen to that. And you are, right? You're tuning in and listening in week in, week out on their strategies, their insights. How do they pursue their strategy, right? So every one of them is talking about their strategy, the, the pros and the downs, and how do you work the ins and the outs of the strategy that they play in. But then there's this other side of the discussion of what is the fundamentals, right? What are the fundamentals that build up wealth? Okay, you can choose property, you can choose stocks, you can choose crypto, you can choose NFT, you can start your own business, you can work your way up the social class, you can... So all these strategies out there that people are talking about, right? All those are, you know, interesting strategies and tested proven, some are newer, but those are really just strategies, right? They're there to debate on the insights of how do they do it. But all in all, they all add up to a basic formula, a basic framework of how wealth is accumulated. And based on this framework, I really think that everything else then has a basis to be discussed. Without what I'm going to share with you today, uh, the picture sometimes is not very rounded, not too clear. Then you ask me, hey Reggie, if you're not the wealthiest person on the team or you're not even the wealthiest person out there, then why should I listen to you, huh? 
And my question is, what, then why do you tune in every week? <laughs> you, you come in every week, you know, some of you, I mean, the data shows us, right? There's a big bunch of you that tune in every week. And yeah, every week you tune in, you just need an entertainer, right? You just need someone that's a bit funnier, that hangs out with you on your train ride to work or on your drive back home. That still talks some sense, give you some insights and, you know, challenge some of your views, right? That's why you tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I can get you to become like super wealthy or what have you. I don't claim to do that. I've never claimed to done that. But I've talked to enough of them. I've studied enough of them. And I do think that there are some similarities across all of them. And it is not about you definitely having to pursue the journey of wealth accumulation. But it also kind of question, like, right? If you tune in every week, you're a self-select group. If you tune in to a personal finance podcast and not something that talks about gossip, right? You are a self-select group. All of us here are sufficiently incentivized to want to accumulate some level of wealth. Maybe not madly wealthy and Nassim Drive or whatever you, but at least some level of wealth so that we can be comfortable. And that's why you tune in every week. So with that, right, I want to just, just put it out there once and for all. These are the basic parameters and the basic formula to becoming wealthy. Every other discussion is on top of this. And point number one is to get into a surplus situation. As simple as that. You must get into a surplus situation where your income is higher than your expenses. Then you have surplus, which is called excess, right? Or excess, which is called surplus. <laughs> So depending on what you want to put it lah. But in other words, you need to have access to even play the game. So if you don't have access, then you cannot play this game, right? To, to put it very bluntly. And I'm quite sure a lot of you have surpluses, right? That, that's why you tune in, you listen in, right? So this is not a foreign idea for you. The interesting part here is that the discussion sometimes in the mainstream media, or at least even in the personal finance space, we are very focused on reducing expenses. Right, because we know that this is very easy, right? At least, at least more within your control, you can reduce expenses, be frugal, be prudent. But I, I did an episode challenge this idea of frugality, right? Or questioning, you know, a more nuanced view of frugality. You should definitely check out that episode. One of my favorite episodes. I listen through it, not the highest, uh, but <laughs> that's one of my favorite episodes. Because it, it forces us to, to think, why is frugality held as a moral high ground or on a pedestal, right? But... I understand why a lot of people will push this idea of like, oh, be cautious of lifestyle inflation, you know, be frugal. All these are trying to help you work in what you can control, right? Work on what you can control, which is your expenses, and build that surplus, right? Because uh, like it or not, it's a bit harder to control your income. So if you can press your expense, then you have that surplus. And simple formula, simple formula for all of you, right? If you think about it, basic idea is if you spend half your income you work 10 years, you live 20 years. You will say, hey, what about you factor in inflation? I say, okay, la, then, then that's not as basic already. Ma. You got to add more factors. <laughs> but if we strip down, assuming the world is stable, there's no crazy prices moving around and inflation is held very stable, then yeah, if you work 10 years, you spend 50%, you live 20 years. Right? So in other words, if you work 30 years, you can live 60 years. Right, just, just on a very simple, you don't need to have a crazy investment strategy. You don't need to be super opportunistic to pick up every single thing. This basic idea of surplus can get you quite far already. But why I want to bring this point as the first point of uh, the formula to wealth, that is because I fear that a lot of people don't recognize that a lot of these big personalities out there your influencers, all these people that are talking to you about how you should manage your wealth, how you should do all that. A lot of them actually make very high income. 
right? Outsized income. The, 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 the way they talk about it is so very easy. Just press your expenses, you know, uh, have surplus and invest and, and blah, 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 right? <laughs> so they make it sound very easy. But hey, you know that guy on stage, they make 20, 30,000 a month, right? Or, you know, it's, it's like hundreds of thousands a year, right? So a lot of them, uh, and of course our ministers make millions of dollars a year, right? So they, if you think about it, well, you you be a minister, every year you can buy a new condo. <laughs> so, but, okay, we don't go there. Later the show get cancelled. Uh. Okay, but the, the idea here is a lot of your influencers or a lot of people on stage or a lot of these people that are trying to teach you how to do certain things, they have a high, high, high income, you know, and by Singapore's census data, is, which is not official data, I, I'm sure I've quoted this in some of my podcast discussion, uh, Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy, that is a researcher that did this in 2011. I think now will be, of course, different uh, because it's been a decade, right? In 2011, if you make 10,000 and above a month, you are considered top 1% or top 5%. In other words, it is virtually impossible for anyone else to, to practice their strategy and achieve in the same amount of time that they did. So you see this young chap in the 30s or in the early 40s, right? And then they tell you, yeah, very easy, just do it this way. And then you ask them, what do they do? Oh, I'm a computer engineer. <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, I'm a lawyer. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I work in finance. You know, all these people make five-digit figure and they try to make it sound like it's very easy, just do this. And let me put it out there to them that, hey, I can be very prudent and have that surplus, right? But if your prudence is live on 3,000 and, be and because you make 30,000, you live on 3,000, you have a surplus of 27,000, I make three, 5,000, you want me to live on what? To <laughs> you, you want me to live on 300 uh, or 500? <laughs> so that is something that we, we need to be a little bit more aware, right? A lot of these people that are talking to us out there in the space, they make huge income. So it's very easy for them to accumulate surplus and maybe not so easy for us. So sometimes we have to scream and save and we got to jump a few jobs, try to position ourselves a little bit better. All that are real and we, we have extended discussion around all this. But I wanted to bring out this point so that we can be a little bit clearer and be a bit more realistic with our journey and with our uh, reality check. Right? Because a lot of these guys make it sound like, oh, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, they can do it. For a lot of you or for a lot of us, maybe we'll need 30 years. Maybe we'll need 35 years if we have kids. Uh, and is it that bad? I really don't think so. It's just the reality of the game. It's a reality of what it is. Right? Of course, I will support you know, more social policies, more, more wide-ranging social support systems and you know, welfare systems. I support some of these things. Uh, but the reality is if those things don't exist and we're still going to continue where we are. Actually, in Singapore, we are very socialistic already. Okay, Private health, uh, public health care, public education, public transport. But for some reason, these things are getting very expensive and I want the government to check it. You know, just to make sure we continue to depress the profit motive of these uh, you know, public ecosystems. Okay, that's a different discussion. But the idea here is to recognize that a lot of these people have a much bigger surplus and you cannot just compare percentages. Living on 3,000 and living on 500 is a world of difference in terms of the experience that you have. So when all these people that work in finance, that work in computer engineering, that work in whatever hot field that pays a lot. And they kind of tell you, oh, very easy, ma. just be prudent. And they ask them, what is prudent? Oh, I live on 5,000 a month. So that is very prudent because I make 30,000. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Consider very prudent. But hey, if I only make 5,000, how prudent you want me to be? Right? So remember that and think about it, okay? When other people talk to you about some of these ideas. But it does not then deviate from the basic idea that you need surplus. You need surplus, okay? If you want to play this game, the very first factor is you must get yourself into a surplus situation. If you don't have income and your expenses are not lower, you don't have this surplus, 
you can consume all sorts of content, look at all sorts of strategy, it's going to be very hard for you to do anything to accumulate wealth. Which brings me to point number two, a very simple, slightly boring point that is to invest at a rate of return higher than inflation. I know, I know you've heard this point again and again, but don't, don't, don't stop here. Don't stop here, okay? I will come back to you after a word from our sponsor. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, thank you lah. Huh? If you stop there, I got no more sponsor. <laughs> but the idea here, of course, is in tech, right? Uh, there is this thing called inflation rate, which I am quite sure most of you understand at this point in time. I would rather focus on it as a devaluation of your currency rather than things becoming more expensive. Is your money becoming smaller? Okay, to me, that is a more tangible way of looking at things. Your money keeps getting smaller. It keeps getting discounted over time. So if the inflation rate is very high, the discount is very high and it compounds. This is a compounded discount. Okay, so uh, everybody talks about this. Okay, Everyone talks about this, that you need to invest at a rate higher than inflation. And I will not try to educate you otherwise. I think that is a basic idea, basic idea, okay? But I think what I focus on today is the inflation rate, okay? So like I said, you want to invest with a rate higher than inflation so that you your money actually grows after factoring the discount, right, of, of inflation. So why I want to focus a little bit on this because as you can tell, as you can tell, guys, we are living through a situation of high inflation. So it is not a given that inflation rate is 2 to 3%. In fact, 2 to 3% is one of the lowest across time. Okay, there, were, there was a period of time where inflation was at 15, 20%, and endowment plans were paying, what, 12, 10, 20, right? Because inflation was that high, right? So I think where I want to bring this discussion on this point is to recognize that inflation rate is not always low at 2 to 3%. And some of your strategies need to change when inflation rates are higher. Okay, like now, like now. Okay, like uh, I think one of the very popular strategy for a while now is the 1M65 strategy, right? Which is propagated by Lou and his team, which is essentially just telling you to shift money to in CPF, right? Shift your ordinary account to your special account, right? Because ordinary account pays you 2.5 to 3.5, special account pays you 4.5 to 5.5%. And for the longest time, it's been picking up traction because inflation rate is at 2 to 3%. Or even in Singapore, the factor called inflation at 1 point something percent. I've said this again, and I want to reiterate that different countries measure inflation differently. Singapore's CPI index doesn't measure property prices, okay? Which to me is a little bit wonky because once you put in property prices, you will see that our inflation rate is actually a higher than 1 point something percent, okay? That we keep reporting, okay? So the idea here is because inflation rate now is very high and it may go higher, uh, you have to question, does this strategy still work? Does this strategy still work in this environment? Okay, and of course, the, the, the debate can be very lengthy to question, oh, will inflation stay so high or will it come down and all that? That is a different discussion altogether. 
But I wanted to bring this out as a very clear point to recognize that, hey, as an investor or someone that's trying to accumulate wealth, in other words, trying to be an investor, I will even say a lot of business people are investors, okay? But, but that's a different discussion. As an investor, you must be aware of the broader ecosystem and not just be a diehard fan of one strategy. If you are a diehard fan of one strategy, great for a while, especially when the strategy is working. But when the strategy is not working, you need to know why. And if you can be a little bit clearer of what is going on in ahead of time, or you know, at least know the loopholes or the limitations of your strategy, because every strategy has limitations, then that gives you a little bit more clarity on how to play this game. So whatever strategy that people are talking about out there, go and listen, go and explore, think about it. If you have any questions, come and ask us, email us, Telegram group, whatever. But recognize that the next step after you have surplus is to invest and invest in a rate higher than inflation. These are the parameters of the game. This is how wealth is accumulated. You can actually break up how a business... Some people say, oh, how about do business? Um, I will say that you can actually break up the business view into execution or management and investments, right? So when you run a business, you're actively managing it. You are participating in the day-to-day operations. You are doing a lot of things like, like myself, right? I'm participating in TFC's operation. Uh, but there are some people that are investing and they just invest in the business and they just sit there, right? Or, or some of you, after a while, if you do your business, you want to take a break, then you pass it on to someone else and you just hold as a shareholder. That also works, right? So either way, whether is it business, whether is it the markets, whether is it property, everybody needs a vehicle to accumulate wealth. And yeah, you got to invest in that vehicle. And to invest in that vehicle, you want the vehicle to run at a faster rate than inflation. Uh, so a lot of the strategies that you hear over the past decade, maybe we have to revisit some of these strategies if inflation continues to stay high and uh, problematic, okay? And I would say if you continue to stay high, it'll be very problematic. There'll be a lot of social issues and uh, the discussion will shift. It's no longer just about accumulating wealth, okay? But that's a discussion for another day. Which brings me to point number three and point number three to wealth accumulation is wait and let it compound. Wait and let it compound. It is as simple as that. uh, So I think a lot of people, why do I want to put this out here? Because a lot of people, when they think of investing, especially for a lot of younger investors that are newer, we want it fast. Lah. We, I get it, right? We, in our lives, when we are younger, we want it fast. Everything must be instantaneous and all that. So when we look at investing, we also want it fast. We, we hope that, oh, every year I compound 15, 20%. Wow, I can, in 10 years, I can double my income. And then if I put in blah, 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 I can be a millionaire in 10, 15, 20 years. Okay, yeah, great, good. But what is it? Firstly, is it possible? That, that a lot of people will say it's not possible. Some people will say it's possible. I'm not here to argue whether is it possible or not. I'm just here to point out that wealth is accumulated over time. A lot of the wealthy people that you see uh, that live in Nassim Drive, (laughs) live in Sixth Avenue, live in Serangoon Gardens, wherever they want to live in uh, amongst the wealthy people, uh, is generational. A lot of the friends that you meet, second gen, third gen, um, at some point in time, someone in their generation accumulated a lot of surplus, invested in their business or other people's business and compounded and let it accumulate over time. And so recently, I was talking to Anthony, one of our co-hosts right, on TFC Stock Kickout. And yeah, he was telling me, um, you know, I come from Penang. So actually, he's a Malaysian, right? So he, he was born in Malaysia. Now he's Singaporean. I came from Penang and I came here knowing that I'm here to make money. Right? I want to make money. That's why he chose whatever career that he has, he, he is in and he makes decent money and he invests. And he wants the money to compound and over time, 
essentially kind of retire on it, right? And I asked him, what about your kids, right? What, what is your plans for your kids? And he was saying, uh, because I am that generation that slog to make the money and accumulate wealth and all that, I do hope that my kids uh, maybe have more options so they can decide what they want to do, right? But you realize that at every generation, there is, or every, behind every wealth accumulation, okay, behind every big house, every big estate, big property, you know, big pool of money, there are a few people that did crazy things or made big sacrifices to pick it up, right? Make the first bucket, get the surplus, they invest. And by the time you get to meet some of these wealthy people, you meet their kids, you meet their grandkids, you meet their great-grandkids. Uh, and they look like they can just your car every day and do nothing, right? They, they, to be fair, these people can, I would say that they are quite problematic in the sense that they exacerbate inequality. This is a different discussion. But the idea here is intact. When you look at them, you know how to play it. Someone in the generation, someone in the family, someone in the organization have to make their surplus and let the money invest and compound. Eventually, after one generation, two generations, hundreds of years, the estate will be huge. The money will be there. And I think that is the part that I want to iterate. Too many people are focusing on short term, trying to make quick buck, which I understand the lure, the excitement around it. And yeah, we are young. Like, we want everything to be fast and quick and exciting. It's just, I, I get it. But most wealth accumulation, most wealth accumulation is over generations. They let it compound over time, over time, over time. And uh, some people say, oh, but you see Elon Musk, uh, you see Zuckerberg, uh, you see Bezos, uh, you see all these people. And you, you'd be like, hey, but you know, they, what, 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 what? They, they, they do it in their lifetime. If you go and look at their families, just go and look at their families, they come from decent families. They come from decent families that have already accumulated some level of wealth to further invest in them so that they can then go on and you know, pick up some of the trendy skills and then open up enterprises that are in the big sectors and they also rode a wave. Right? So, so there is a formula in, in that and a lot of people are trying that formula in the startup space um, and I'm not, I'm not here to discuss which strategy is a higher hit rate or lower hit rate but to recognize that compounding over time, over generations is the way to wealth accumulation. Even if your parents are not like super wealthy but they send you to better schools, they, they start investing for you and when you're younger, they buy this plan, that plan, maybe not the smartest way but hey, they already get you on the journey that is them accumulating into the next generation. And in our generation, if we have that big breakthrough, then okay, now we are the ones that have the big breakthrough and then we can have an even bigger compounding effect down the generation, right? So I think that's the element that I want a lot of us to recognize. These three things are really the fundamental formula to becoming wealthy uh, within the capitalistic society. And I'm going to sum up today. Number one is to get into a surplus situation. Everybody tells you this is nothing new, but to recognize that some of them, when they tell you this, right, their income is very, very high, you know, 30, 50, 40,000. And then they tell you, oh, you know, be prudent. Then you ask them, what is prudent? 5,000. And it's like, eh, my income only 5,000. Eh? <laughs> so re recognize that they are not lying or they are not uh, wrong in a sense of surplus. But if our income are not, crazy, then we there's only so much discount we can do with our expenses. Then we accumulate surplus over a longer period of time, right? So that's just the reality that we play in. Of course, work towards increasing your income, do all the jazz, good stuff. Point number two is to then invest the surplus with a rate of return higher than inflation because inflation essentially is a discount on your money. Um, if inflation rate is high, the discount on your money every year becomes very high. So I think what I wanted to point out specifically on this is that Inflation rate is not always low. Some of the strategies that may work in this decade 
may not work in the next decade if inflation rate is a lot higher. But investing is the basis of wealth accumulation and you want to invest at a rate higher than inflation so that you can actually accumulate something and not, yeah, not let your money you know, depreciate over this whole course of quote-unquote investing. And the third point is to wait and let it compound. It's a generational compound. Yeah, just to put it very clear, even the Taofa shop downstairs, okay, in, I, I live in Subang. There's this quite famous Taofa shop called Dao. And when my friends look at it, they say, wow, they're doing very well. Huh? They got three, four shops and everything. Wow, this generation very power. And I was like, have you forgotten the earlier generation that cracked the code on the formula of this Taofa and the price point that people are willing to transact like, on this Taofa and all that, right? So recognize everything is compounded. And I would end off by saying that a lot of us, a lot of us listening in, we don't want to participate in our parents' career, right? We don't want to go into the same field as them. We don't want to take over the family business. We don't want to do a lot of the things that our parents do because we want to be ourselves. We want to live our own lives and blah, blah, blah. Recognize that if that is the case, you're pretty much the thing from scratch, okay? If your parent is a dancer and you pursue dance, all their connections are yours. If your parent's a lawyer, you pursue law, all their connections are yours. If your parents start a whatever business, I think a lot of the businesses that your parents do quite boring, right? Sell screw la, wu jing dian la, you know, own a bakery la, whatever. But if you take over, you essentially compound the efforts that they have done. And possibly that could be a faster way up. And then after that, you start hiring people and then you can become shareholder, okay? <laughs> and if you actually do that, hey, welcome. You've heard this on The Financial Coconut. So I hope you learned something useful today. See ya. I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time out to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community Telegram group, follow us on our socials and if there is one thing that I hope that all of you can do is to share the podcast on your socials. If you want to tag us, okay, like, you can tag us. Like, but um, we really want to get a bigger reach and we feel that as a podcast, we've grown quite a bit and to continue to grow, we need the collective effort. So as a community, I'm trying to pursue our growth, pursue our success in personal finance. I do hope that we can reach out to more people and I do hope that you can share this podcast on your socials to help us reach a wider audience. So yes, with that, I will see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so like I said, today's episode is not revolutionary. I did give you a little bit more clarity and nuance in the ideas, but it's not revolutionary. It's really for the people that, you know, they kind of select and choose episode. For all of you that tune in every week, you've heard these things, right? Or, or you would even say that these things are being talked about everywhere. But yeah, I, I do hope that I provide you a little bit more nuance to look at some of these things in a more nuanced fashion. And these are the fundamentals. So if you're on your journey doing it, great, keep doing it. If you are not interested in accumulating a lot of wealth, it's also okay. Nobody say you need to live in Nassim Drive, okay? Maybe you can live in Subang <laughs> with me. You know, um, yeah. And, and one of the reasons why I live here because expenses are much lower, right? So if I make 
the median income in Singapore, which I think I do. <laughs> so now, uh, entrepreneur very single, very gang call. Wow, I tell you all these things. Uh, and my next time, slowly, slowly, I'll share with you more. Okay, but uh, if I make the median income in Singapore and I live here, I essentially have a bigger surplus while keeping my quality of life. Right, so what people call geo arbitrage. Okay, uh, we've talked about this. I will not talk about it again, but essentially these are the fundamentals of uh, accumulating wealth. I hope you achieve what you want to achieve, lah, right? The goals that you set out for. Next week though, next week I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of these other things that I feel a lot of us should accumulate before building wealth. Okay, that's not to say that you shouldn't, uh, you know, get income and, you know, try to live in prudence or, or at least have some sort of surplus in the way you spend your money. Not, not all that, right? But I think some people get started on the wealth accumulation journey too quickly, right? Like they, you know, just graduate, you know, pay down debt, wow, they accumulate, accumulate of one decade, two decades. They're very, very quick on that, right? Which is um, good on them, right? By now, in their 30s, you know, a lot, a lot of them are doing pretty well. So, okay, cool. But I do think that along the way, because they put their effort and energy on accumulating wealth, there are some things that um, are a little bit wonky in the system, right? They feel a bit empty sometimes. They feel alone and, and all that, right? So, uh, I would say there are things that I would hope more people can accumulate before doubling down and building wealth. I would say that in your 30s is a great time to accumulate wealth. But earlier than that, maybe maybe, maybe there are other things to accumulate. Lah, right? And so that's the uh, episode for next week. So I will see you next week.